Miller. On this week's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host Cody Semino, the athletic fields manager overseeing baseball and softball at Stanford University. Cody is a great friend of mine who actually was the first person to hire a Rensselaer Turfgrass management student into a professional setting back when he was working for the Potomac Nationals, uh, which leads into a phenomenal conversation with such an awesome guy uh, and discussing his incredible journey that's taken him all over the world, uh, being able to impact so many different people with his abilities as a sports field manager providing new opportunities for athletes in different countries, uh, leading him to this point where he is at Stanford University overseeing baseball and softball, where he's hosted multiple regionals and actually recently, after a walk-off win, is going to be hosting a Super Regional this weekend, which we dive into all the chaos that goes into what uh, a regional event holds and all the fun and everything that sports field managers love and that's why we do what we do and cody just embodies everything that it it is to be a sports field manager uh just being an overall great guy uh having a huge heart and caring for so much more than his staff um caring for people like my students uh different people like the athletes the coaching staffs all these different groups that have such a huge impact on our jobs and we have on their jobs um, and again, we discuss what's going on and how it's an incredible opportunity for Stanford University and the Super Regional, uh, moving on to the next stage and seeing the excitement in the eyes of the players and being able to play a huge role in that success. Um, and we discuss the collective uh, group and how it all comes together and success is rooted in collaboration and being able to communicate well uh, to get that desired goal. So I, we can't thank Cody enough for taking the time. We hope you enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Sounds like a plan, man. Good afternoon. Welcome to the 81st episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller. Today we have on one of the OGs when it comes to supporting the Brentsville Turf Program. We have Mr. Cody Simino. See, I told you I messed it up. Uh, he is the <laughs> athletic... Uh, athletic fields manager for overseeing baseball and softball. That might've been the worst introduction I've ever done, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all right. But how are you doing, man? It's so great to talk to you. It's been so long. Yeah, man, it's been a while. I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, um, we're working our way through a crazy, uh, crazy season of athletics at Stanford. So it's been uh, keeping us on our toes, but it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome to hear. Uh, I was excited for you when you made the move back out there because that's home, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's uh, awesome. yeah. It was, it was a, you know, it was a long time coming. Been moving around for I think it was like ten and a half, eleven years. So yeah, it was a few different places, you know. You know, yeah, uh, bounce around a little bit. It was good to good to finally get back west and uh, be yeah, back around sure. family and everybody, and and uh, cool. you know, get to work at a place I grew up going to games at. So it was cool. That's awesome. So for people that are new, uh, that have not known our relationship, Cody was actually the first person to hire one of our students uh, in any capacity of the Brentsville Turf Program uh, back when the Potomac Nationals were the Potomac Nationals in uh, Woodbridge, Virginia. So uh, that is a long time ago. Oh, that's like five years ago now. 
God, yeah, must have been. Yeah, because I think my first year there was 17. And I think that's when Will hooked us up and, uh, and uh, you know, y'all helped me fill out my grounds crew. We tried to anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was. I don't know if they did a good enough job. <laughs> oh, they did great, man. It was fine. Yeah, you know it's sure. it, it, it's advanced day baseball. You know they expect things to be a little uh, a little rough in the beginning, but they got the guys. Uh, everybody picked it up quick, and you know they got into the swing of things, no problem. That's awesome to hear. I know they missed you when you left. Uh, they were not the biggest fans of the new guy, but I don't know who he is, so I apologize, whoever that is. If you listen, <laughs> my bad. Um, <laughs> so you were talking about it, obviously moving around and everything. Uh, if you want to go through sort of where you've been, I know you went to Memphis after Potomac, mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of different places before that. Uh, what was, what has been your journey and, uh, maybe start off with what brought you to turf management? Um, I mean, grew up, you know, playing sports, you know, big sports guy, um, you know, ever since I was, you know, old enough to know how to watch baseball and stuff. Um, obviously it was terrible at baseball, but I liked it anyway. Um, couldn't hit, but could field and throw. Um, so I kind of figured there wasn't really going to be a whole lot of a future for me in between the lines, but, um, yeah, no. So I was working construction in, let's see, what was that would have been like 2009, 2010, um, and it was right during that economic downturn and I had gotten into construction management and, uh, one of the projects I was overseeing was redoing a couple of high school football fields, uh, in the San Jose area. And, um, I was like, there's people that get, you know, we started working with a, a athletic fields construction company. And I was like, you know, talking to them a little bit about, you know, this is a job you guys do. like, you drive around and make fields. And they were like, yeah, it's awesome. I was like, it sounds pretty cool. Um, so I kind of started asking them a couple of questions and then, um, you know, actually got laid off from that job because people stopped doing construction during an economic downturn who knew. Um, so I, you know, kind of just went, Hey, this, this might be the best chance to go back to school and, and, and get into something I really love doing. Um, applied, uh, to Rutgers golf turf management, two year, uh, two year degree program, uh, got in. Uh, and the next thing I know, I'm on my way to, uh, New Jersey in January, which was an adventure for a California kid to say the least. Um, especially a kid that's from the Bay area where there is no snow and no ice. So that was a challenge. People talk about uh, culture shock. That's a, a freezing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, you know, Just different pace, you know, I mean, things are high paced in Silicon Valley, but it's a different deal when you go to, you know, Northern New Jersey, you're pretty close to the city. And, um, but yeah, no, it was an awesome experience. I loved every second of it. I, you know, cause it was my kind of learning really. Like it was, you know, they give you, you know, they're going to, they're going to throw a ton of information at you. But for me, it was great because as much information as we got, we still had a lot of hands on. And then obviously in between the sessions in Jersey, we were back in, um, I was working at golf at the time and, uh, we were able to go back to your course and like put everything you learned into action, which I love because I'm a big, like hands-on learner. I'm not, you know, it's, that's the best way I've found that I learned stuff is just by getting out and, and putting it into practice. And so, um, the big thing for me was, you know, it was just great to be able to like, yeah, just uh, like learn stuff and then apply it pretty much immediately. Um, and then 
Well, I was at, at Rutgers and met my buddy, uh, Dan Boyle, who at the time was working for the Louisville Bats. And, uh, and I was like, do you work at a baseball field? And he was like, yeah, I work at a baseball field. And I'm like, that's a thing. And he's like, yep. And so I was, I was sold. Um, and so I basically just started annoying every minor league team in the country um, by sending them resumes that they did not ask for and just telling them that I would come work for them on their ground screw. Um, and you know, I got a couple of, I got a couple of people, uh, responded back. One of whom was my buddy, Ryan Woodley, uh, who, you know, very well also, um, he, uh, was the head groundskeeper for Staten Island Yankees at the time. And he had an open spot for a grounds crew intern for the season. So, um, baseball adventure started there. Um, after that season went to, I got my first head job, uh, with the Augusta green jackets, which were, they were a San Francisco giants affiliate at the time. Um, so that was low a for the giants, uh, from there, um, the giants brought me out back out West for a season to work for the San Jose giants. Um, I worked there and split time between there and the big league club, uh, up in San Francisco, which was an awesome experience. Um, Cause you know, it's, it's all well and good doing, you know, you, you know, minor league baseball is awesome and it's a great thing, but it's also really, really cool to be able to kind of like see that next level and, and kind of my big thing has always been like, everybody's got a little, like we all do basically the same processes in a, in a, in, at every ballpark, you're basically, I mean, you're doing the same thing. You're setting a baseball field up, but everyone tends to have, one or two little idiosyncrasies, one or two little things that they do, that they do differently. And so the big thing for me was just like, I want to see is how many, as, as many different ways people do things as possible. And then kind of like pick the stuff that I liked and, and, and add it to the toolkit. And so it was really, really cool to, you know, get up there and, and learn from Greg a little bit. Um, and then after that year, I, um, decided to take a job uh, as the assistant groundskeeper for the Houston Dynamo. Um, did that for a year. Um, and then I was doing, I was like, I'll be honest with you, I was burnt out. I was like, I had gone crazy for three or four years, all snow break. And I was like, okay, I need to like, I was like, I was burnt. Um, so took a job in Houston uh, working for a uh, landscaping company. Uh, I was a, an account manager. And one of the reasons why I did that was because I was like, you know, this will give me the opportunity to run a crew and get a little bit of management experience. Um, and then also we had a construction company that did our construction side of the business that did sports fields. And so, you know, every time I was in the office, they were like, Hey, come over here and look at this thing. Does this make sense to you? You're the groundskeeper, you're a groundskeeper. Like, and so I did, you know, a little bit of consulting that I did not plan on doing. Uh, but it was great experience to kind of learn a different angle of the same thing. Um, and then, you know, couldn't stop the itch, had to get back into baseball. Uh, and that's how I ended up in uh, Alexandria, uh, living in Alexandria and working in, uh, in Woodbridge with uh, Potomac Nationals. That's where we crossed paths. I was there for two and a half years, I want to say. Uh, then. Yeah, then Memphis. I uh, was in Memphis for a season. I uh, worked for the Redbirds, AAA for the Cardinals. And we also did uh, 901 FC, which is, uh, uh, what's it, uh, the uh, um, USL Championship Soccer. Um, 
And so that was an awesome experience. It was tough, but it was awesome because it was, it was uh, nonstop conversions between baseball and soccer and back and forth. Um, and so it was, I mean, it was, I took the job with the expectation that it was going to, you know, kick my butt a little bit, but it was going to be an awesome thing to, you know, really just, again, add to the toolkit, you know, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff I never would have thought I'd, you know, I mean, learned how to do everything from, you know, running a combinator to laser leveling and, and, uh, and doing all that kind of stuff. All Uh, the stuff you want a field manager to have in the tool belt, but you don't get on the qualifications, right? Exactly. It's like, you know, I tried to make sure that every step along the way, it was like satisfying a different, you know, you know, yeah, just satisfying a different like thing on the resume, just bringing in different skills, furthering education in my own way kind of thing. You know, it was, it was very much like I wanted to make sure that every step was a step in the right direction as far as my career was going, but also a step in the right direction of, I wanted a new challenge. I wanted to be able to add things to my knowledge base. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to continue to be getting better as a groundskeeper and, and being more aware and, you know, learning all the finer points of things. And so, yeah. And then, <clears throat> you know, that luckily that brought me, uh, that got me, uh, an interview at Stanford, um, uh, moved back here. Um, I started work on March 7th of, tw- of 20 of 2020, I guess. One day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One I, day I started, I, I worked for four days and then we were shut down for two and a half months, um, which was wild. And then my first year at Stanford was uh, I was basically just the landscaper. I mean, we, we just maintained the athletic fields. They brought us back and we were the only people on campus for, I think, nine months, which was weird. Um, that is crazy. And uh, but yeah, no. So we basically just maintained the fields for a while. And because they kept saying like, you know, we kept hearing rumblings about them bringing in football back or bringing other sports back. And um, and then they finally did. Um, for that first year, which was weird. Cause there was, you know, just people playing in silent stadiums and silent stuff, but stadiums, everything's it was good to, it was good to at least have the games back, you <laughs> yeah, know, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, and that's pretty much where we're at now. So, yeah, I remember, I think I texted you, uh, like, I think it was like a month into COVID. I was like, I see you're out at Stanford now. What happened? <laughs> like, uh, I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm happy for you because I knew you from out there. So uh, I was just it was cool to see uh, and everything. Um, and obviously, you've been so many different places and you probably have learned mm-hmm. so much from those experiences. What has it been like for you to make that transition from what was like minor league baseball, like 24 seven to mm-hmm. collegiate type of thing? Because it's it's two different animals. Um, and I will say minor league baseball probably prepares you way more for college athletics than college athletics prepares you for minor league baseball in a sense. Um, Mm -hmm. because of the grind that comes with the minor league baseball schedules and whatnot. Um, Oh yeah. It mimics the college for a bit, but college isn't as much sort of forced on you in a sense in a short time frame. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what has it been like sort of for you to be able to have that transition, uh, from the minors to a college setting? It's been interesting. I mean, um, I think the, I, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the, the schedule for minor league baseball will kind of, I mean, everything else kind of seems like a vacation after that. I mean, just cause you know, minor league baseball, you're, you're running hell for leather from basically, you know, you start, you know, 
prepping for opening day in uh, like middle end of February, you're working pretty steadily through March. And then obviously games start April 1st. And then you're rolling all the way through till, you know, September ish, depending on whether or not your team makes playoffs or whatever. Um, and then, so like that kind of, I mean, just knowing that you have the, you have that, the gas in the tank to go, okay, like I can do this seven to 10 days in a row. Like it is what it is. The baseball season in college, it seems it, it is, is so wildly different, um, but still challenging at the same time, just because like you have fewer games, but the thing that was the surprising thing to me about college sports was that they kind of never really end. Like you have, you know, like the, the actual competitive season is relatively short compared to, you know, your, your winter ball. And, you know, you have the, you know, basically two months of winter ball in the, in the, in the fall. And then they start training. They start, you know, early season practice. I think this year we started the seven, the third of January. And they started working out third of January and, you know, their first game wasn't until I think we are, I think our first non-conference game was, I want to say the 15th of February. So gotcha. yeah, I mean, it's the grind's a little bit different, but it's still definitely a grind, but yeah, I mean, it was the other thing that was interesting to me about it was, and I, the, one of the things that made it really, really good to have the experience of, um, you know, teaching your kids when they were on the ground screw with me in Potomac was, in college, especially at our school, our manager really, really wants his guys to be involved in upkeep of their own field, awesome. which is great as long as you can get them to do things to the level the right that way. you expect. <laughs> the, so there's like, it's right good. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's good, like, I, it, I think it's an awesome policy. I think it's a really cool thing um, just because I think it gives I think it gives the guys a, a little bit more, res- uh, a little bit more of a, um, respectful. a respectful, a respect for what the groundskeepers do. And, and, you know, a lot of these, you know, there's I, at least a couple of guys, you know, every year that from our team last year, I think we had four or five guys drafted. So, you know, I think it's a good thing that they go into their, into their, uh, into their professional careers with a little bit of a healthy respect for what those guys are doing to, to get the fields ready for them. Um, but you know, I mean, it's also one of those things where I think it's incredible at the pedigree of what Stanford baseball is, you know, like having that level of top 10 teams consistently and the coach is willing to like, not force, but like, Hey, you need to help out. Like we we're all in this together. You know, I think that's awesome. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no, no, no worries. Yeah. I think I completely agree. I think it's a really cool thing. And I, I think it's something that, um, I don't think, I think it's something that, like you said, you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't expect that from, from the program, but, um, I know that, um, our old coach, coach Marquez, um, he was the one that instituted it. And then our current coach, uh, David Esker, uh, played for the previous coach. Uh, and so he kind of, there was a couple of things that he held over from, um, the previous coaching regime. And, and that was one of the things that he really liked was, you know, these guys, you know, they go to a school in a beautiful place. They, you know, they live in, in there and, you know, they're expected to do, you know, to handle a, a large, large, you know, academic workload, but it's also good for them to kind of get out there and, and, you know, get their hands dirty a little bit. The tough thing for me has been making sure that, you know, if they're going to do something that, you know, I want to make sure that they're, you know, if they're going to help out that they're going to help out in the right way. Um, you don't want to add work you know, to your work. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, 
that's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's also been a cool thing just because, you know, for the most part, the guys have been very, very receptive and, and, you know, they want to learn how to do it the right way. Cause you know, one of the things I kept telling them was I was like, Hey, they, you know, this is your office. Like you wouldn't want, you, you know, like the pitchers take care of the game mound. So it's like, I, I just kept looking at them going, Hey, like you're going to want to make sure you do this right. Cause you're the one that's going to have to throw off it. You know, like I can all fine tune it as best I can. And I know what I'm doing, but it's important you know, like having the, the attention to detail while they're doing it, like you should take a little bit of pride in that. Like it's your pitcher's mound, you know, I'm not the one throwing off it. You are, you know? And so I think that was one of the cool things that I really liked about it was, you know, it was one of those things I didn't expect when I took the job, but I think it's a, it's a cool aspect of it, but yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge. Um, you know, that, and the other thing was the weirdest thing was, uh, taking a job and not meeting anybody from the coaching staff or the team for almost a calendar year. And then you kind of get thrown into that COVID season where they tried their damnedest to make sure that we weren't really around the team or the coaches. And so there was still another season where it was like ships passing in the night. Like I'd get done with setting the field up and I'd get off the field and then the players would come on in the field. And so it wasn't really until this year where it was like, okay, things are kind of back to normal. Like we're allowed to interact and all because of that, all of a sudden, everything's kind of taken off for us, at, you know, at the baseball field anyway, just because, you know, it's like anything else. You develop a relationship, people, you know, you learn how to work with people and and uh, and your message goes a lot farther because they get to know you and, and, and vice versa. You know, you get to learn what they're what they want, you know, as far as, you know, field performance and all that kind of stuff goes, because you're free to have those conversations. Um which is nice. So it's been, this year is definitely, I think we've definitely like turned a corner and, and definitely gotten things more along the lines of where I wanted to get them to just because of the ability to, you know, work with the people I'm supposed to work with. So it's been, it's been, this year has been a lot better. I mean, I was looking, you know, obviously like I'm sure um, like a lot of guys in our, in our industry, like, you know, you take periodic photos of your field, and then, you know, because of the wonders of social media, it'll pop, you know, they'll remind you of like the photo you took six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I saw a picture of, we had, you know, we came out of the, the COVID season and we ended up hosting regionals last year. And so obviously that picture came up of the first day of regionals. And I was like, looking at the two fields side to side, I was like, wow, it doesn't even look like the same. I mean, it looks like the same field because it's in the same place, but that's about the only thing that's similar. Um, that so it's it was, still right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, can't move that bullpen, but you know, it's, it's so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just nice to, you know, and especially because, you know, this year we're, we're number two in the country and it's nice to, right you know, knowing, Hokies, what the heck is that? I, hey, you couldn't know, give me like one more spot, you know, it happens, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was nice knowing that like, you know, we're going to get a little bit of national, like, national exposure. It's like, you want to make sure you put your best foot forward and, and you want to make sure that, you know, you're not going to get a bunch of calls from other buddies in the, in the industry. And they're going to go, <laughs> what happened to your field, man? It's always you know? the industry guys, right? It's not, it's yeah. not the network television people. We don't care no. about that. It's whether or not yeah. you get crap at the next SFMA or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to, you got to put your, you want to try and put your best foot forward. If you're going <laughs> to be, if, if, and especially like, you know, that's the other thing. It's like your nightmares. Like, Oh, you have like some classic game that's going to be replayed. So that just means your field's going to, if your field's not up to snuff or, <laughs> you know, all oh, great. I have to, 
look at this, you know, every other day on highlights for you you know, walk God off, knows how long. walk off in the regional final, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, for sure. so yeah, no, it's, it's, it was, it's, it's nice to see it kind of, you know, like I was, I always told my boss, my boss, you know, we talk every day and I'm like, you know, this thing, it's, you know, it's not going to be, this isn't going to be a quick thing. It's going to be turning a cruise ship. And I think we finally got the cruise ship turned around and now we're kind of like, full steam ahead towards you know where we want to get to which is you know it's a nice thing i'm i'm proud of it for sure so you really hinted at it a lot and talking about the relationship with the coach and whatnot what has it been like um not just the coaching staff but overall being again out of covid you can actually see people face to face and whatnot developing a relationship which in minor league baseball and other places is the front office but as an athletic department, there are so many levels. You know, when I was at Tech, mm-hmm. we had the athletic director of baseball, we had his boss, we had their boss, and then we had the money guy, and then we had the real athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what has it been like for you to sort of create these relationships to where you can finally, again, you were talking about steering the ship full steam ahead in the right direction, uh, prepping for big events like the Super Regional this weekend? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that like just being able to be around the ballpark and being able to, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. They're like, I mean, I, I literally met, we, I met one of the ladies from our, from our finance department last week during softball super regionals. Um, we both got hired the same week. We had never met each other face to face and I'd been there for, this is all, I'm almost into my third year. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, that part of it is just mind blowing. Like I, and you know, her office is, is like, is like, I don't know, a four minute walk from the baseball field. So, you know, go figure. Um, Yeah, no, it's been, it's, this year's been everything as far as, you know, being able to communicate and talk to people freely and being able to just happen, you know, now I can just walk up and go into the baseball office before it was like, you know, you have to wait for somebody to come outside and you need to, you know, it was like, a whole thing and so just yeah just being able to just do something as simple as walk up you see the coach come in in the morning you can go you know walk up when the doors open knock on it hey boys how's everything going you know what are we looking like for practice like what do you guys need from me is anything you notice as far as field conditions go what do we want to keep what do you want to change any of that input is huge for me specific I, i i like having that input i like having you know that open door policy of like hey like everyone's part of this thing. Like I can do, I can, I can prepare this field a bunch of different ways. I just need to know what you guys need, you know, it's, and so being able to just have those frank conversations, you know, and being able to just be face to face and see how people react to things is huge. Um, And it's, I mean, to be honest with you, like that's one of my favorite parts of the job, like, you know, being able to talk baseball with people who've been in baseball for longer than I've been alive. Like it's, you're always going to learn something. There's always something cool. Um, you never know who's going to be in the office when you get in the office, which is always fun. Um, and so there's always that kind of stuff. Like, and yeah, I, I think it's been huge, you know, and you know, yeah, I'm between last week, it was, you know, we had the NCAA rules committee guys that were on the field. So we had, you know, I had meetings with them, meetings with the umpires, meetings with our NCAA, um, compliance uh representative you know all sorts of things so it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot more meetings than i expected but it's always like a somewhat productive meeting and it's usually you know i mean luckily like they know that i'm a pretty i'm you know i'm not gonna be 
it, it's going to be tough to get me to you know nail down for a Zoom meeting, but they know where they can find me. Like I'm not hard to find. I'm you know I'm six one and I'm on the baseball see field. The big it's field out there. I'm out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you see the guy that's out in the middle of the field most of the day. Yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, and so you know. It's been it's been really really good just to be able to kind of I think a lot of it too is just being able to put faces with names and put faces with voices of people you talk to on the phone and that kind of thing and yeah I mean I think the other thing too is you know obviously like I came in no one knew who I was other than the you know people that interviewed me um, and so you know yeah like you have a couple of years you know. You, for me, well, a lot of it was, you know, I had, you know, we have to build up a little, a level of credibility. So these people trust that, like, I know what I'm doing and that, you know, I'm doing what's best for the field and what's best for the athletes as far as, you know, field safety goes. And, you know, that was a major thing for me was just, you know, building some credibility. You know, if, if people don't know you, they're not going to trust you to do anything. Like, and so being able to, you know, kind of let the work speak for you show that, you know, you know, if you give me the op, if you give me the tools, I can use those tools to create something that looks good on television, but also plays well for the players and is something that the school can be proud of. You know, I, you know, that's one of the big things with our manager. Like, he, you know, he, he, you know, always talks about how, you know, sunken diamond is sunken diamond. It's one of the cooler places to watch college baseball. And, you know, it's, a recruiting tool for them. So making sure that, you know, we put our best foot forward on ESPN two or wherever we're on, you know, if it's PAC 12 network or whatever, um, you know, the athletes that they're recruiting, see that stuff, you know, you'd be fooled to think they, they weren't, you know, if our highlights are on social media, you know, I mean, we had a, we, we had this crazy, we had a crazy ninth inning. We came back from three, you know, three, one down and, and one on a walk off to advance the super regionals. That highlights on a sports center. I got home and watched it on sports center. So the fact that our field looked good, that's something our coaching staff can go, Hey, look, don't you want to play in this really cool atmosphere at this really cool place and, and have a good time and, and enjoy your college experience. So being able to kind of cover all your bases and work with everybody to make sure that we're all kind of pulling in the same direction. It's a big deal. And, and yeah, when you can't really have the same conversations or, or, you know, Put people, I mean, you know, talking to people is, you know, developing relationships is all about putting people at ease and, and getting to know each other. And when you can't really do that very well or very easily, yeah, it's going to, it's going to prolong the period of everyone kind of going, I don't know about this guy, uh, you know, he's just <laughs> coming in and doing stuff like, so, you know, yeah, no, it's, it's you. interesting. I hear you for sure. Uh, I mm -hmm. love how I love how highlights are screwed up for all sports field managers because we're looking at the field like, oh, what happened back there? Oh, look at that. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I tell people all the time I'm useless. Like if, if I'm watching a game, especially, you know, baseball game or whatever, if I'm watching a game that they're, they're playing on natural grass, like you could walk in after I've been watching the game for 20 minutes and ask me what the score is and I won't be able to tell you because I've just been like, what are they – how they do that oh okay and you're like all right i can kind of see what they're doing but like uh, yeah no 100 100 um so you were talking about it a little bit and I, I i know some of the different ways you can impact the game um what has it been like for you and how have you sort of implemented different ways of impacting a baseball game when it comes to stanford and what they need well obviously People who listen to this podcast probably know like watering down certain areas, slow down runners, slow down the ball roll, mm -hmm. things like that. What has it been like for you uh, with 
the current coaching staff and getting those ideas out, working together to sort of make the best playing uh, natural grass playing surface there is for those players and the team that they have. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, I mean, I had a hilarious, you know, I think earlier in the season, um, so our start at the beginning, our, our, our shop is a union shop. And so for a long time, um, you know, they would do the eight and hit the gate kind of thing. And that was even a thing on, you know, guys would stay for a little bit longer on game days, but as soon as pregame was over, they would get out of there. Um, so in talking with our manager, he was like, you know, it would be helpful if you were around to watch the game. And I was like, I get it completely. Like I agree. And so he said something to his sports administrator who is, you know, part of the academic athletic or the athletic department. And, uh, they started talking it over. They figured out how we could do it. We worked with our, uh, our, uh, shop steward and, they were able to approve a schedule change so I could come in a little bit later in the morning and um, I could stay later into the, uh, into the evening so I could be around the team while they were doing what they do and, and then kind of, you know, see how the field was playing for games, see how, I mean, here we have game, like last weekend, for instance, it was 85 degrees during the day. And then by the time we got to the fourth or fifth inning, Marine layer had rolled through and we were down to like, 68 degrees so that's going to change the way that game it's going to change the way that field plays incredibly i mean air density alone is going to keep the ball from flying out of the yard like it does at a 105 o'clock game so you know infield stays wetter all that kind of stuff you got more condensation so you know field conditions are going to like will change dramatically from from first pitch to seventh eighth ninth inning you know and so it's all that kind of stuff gets rolled into it but you know, I'm watching the, I'm watching these guys play and, you know, we have really good, we, you know, we have a pretty good set of infielders and, you know, it was all about like, okay. And so we have a meeting after the first homestand, I was able to stay for the games and then do post game after the game. I sit down with our manager. And I'm like, okay, like here are a couple of things I noticed I could change. Like, what do you guys want to do here, 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 and here? You know, one of them was, you know, slowing down, um, softening up the area right in front of the plate because we're getting a lot of bounces that were going, you know, to the back arc or further into the outfield. And it was just, you know, you're giving up cheap hits that way. Um, and he was like, our manager was like, oh, wow. He's like, I didn't, I didn't like, wow, you really like, you, this is, you're no joke. Like this is, this is a whole other thing. And like automatically that's credibility with the manager. Like that goes, he all of a sudden he goes, this kid knows baseball. I can trust him. We can, you know, this all of a sudden he's realizing that I'm a tool in his toolkit. Now, you know, I can serve this other purpose that he didn't, you know, he didn't realize was a thing. Um, and so, you know, yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, you hatch a plan of like in our, in our, in the PAC 12, we, I think we have four or five teams that plan specific on like only synthetic fields. So when they come to our place, our field's going to play completely different than what they're used to. And so we can kind of take advantage of that. We have a little bit of a competitive advantage that way. We can, you know, you can slow things down. We can, you know, we can raise high to cut on the infield. We can make the ball play differently, um, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, being able to have those conversations and being able to, and being able to work with the coaches staff, coaching staff and, and have them realize like, Oh, this is something that we can use. This is, you know, this is a competitive advantage. We can, we can make a difference here. Um, 
you know, it, it shows the, it shows why our job is necessary. And it also shows that, you know, Hey, like, you know, we're a valuable member of the team as well. So it, it's a, it's a nice relationship to have for sure. It's awesome to hear, you know, the way you said it, like a tool in their tool belt, you know, that a lot of people don't understand that about groundskeepers and what you do and how, again, just incredible. The little things can impact such a large part of a game. Uh, it was actually, it was Ryan and Matt Brown, who I used to have discussions with at, in New York about how the grounds crew usually accounted for like five wins in a season. You know, things like where we impacted the game in a certain way that no one knows, but that ball didn't go in this place because of what we did. You know, things like that. Um, oh, yeah. It's so you keep a bunt fair and, and exactly, you're games. Exactly. Things like that where... Like, oh, well, why wouldn't it be the same thing at this field? Well, if there's not maintained the right way, it could go in the opposite direction, you know? Exactly, um, yeah. So it's awesome to hear, and especially with all the different people, again, like Ryan and them, like, it's just awesome to have, again, sort of a group that knows that and puts that forward, and you being able to connect with the coach in a way that most people don't have that opportunity because – for some reason, coaches think they know best. No offense to the coaches, obviously. I always appreciate the coaches we had, but like being able to do that and have those moments where like we're going to have great success together over the next few years. And obviously, it's working because number two in the nation is nothing to like snuff at, you know? So uh, it's awesome to hear. Um, obviously, you sort of hinted at the uh, walk off win and everything. What has it been like for you the last couple of weeks? Uh, regionals, we were talking about, are much more difficult with the number of teams that are there, practices, prepping, time frame of prepping the field, turnover, having the volume of your games go up tenfold for a weekend to then just have your own super regional at Stanford this weekend. What has it been like for you the last couple of weeks and just sort of all playoff baseball for colleges? It's Again, it's just chaotic and it, you were talking about it before i i was laughing uh the seasons never really end for college baseball because you're looking at it's like june 8th <laughs> we, uh -huh. we, don't, we don't get done omaha's not done until like the end of this month and it's like they have to be back in school in two weeks like what's going on like <laughs> well yeah yeah i think it's i think we have i yeah they leave you know i mean yeah it, it exactly and i think i think and then this year, you know, last year coming out of COVID, I think we had, I think on campus, we had 36 programs all playing at the same time because they were all trying to make up for missing Spring and everything seasons. Yeah. And so truncated schedules, everything, you know, it was insane. We had stuff going on left, right and center. Um, and so this year, you know, we kind of got lulled into like a little bit of a false sense of security. Uh, we had a couple of, we had a couple of, I mean, in the middle of May, we didn't see either team play a game at our play between softball and baseball, specifically for me. Anyway, we didn't see either team play a game at our facilities for two and a half, three weeks. So, you know, cause they were on the road in various places. Um, and then even when they had non-conference midweek games, they were at other schools in California. Um, and so, yeah, all of a sudden to go from that where it was like, oh, okay, like this is a pretty, you know, pretty easy ride. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, it was like, I think we ended the season with, we ended the season with softball and baseball, you know, uh, first pitches that were 45 minutes apart. 
So you're running back and forth between one from one field to the next, making sure everything is going, getting off, you know, at the right time. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, you find out you're going to, I mean, obviously the thing that was funny for us was, you know, so we knew we were like, okay, like we were top 12 in the country for most of the year. Um, preseason, we, we came into the season, I think we were ranked second or third or fourth or something like that. They kind of took a dip. So they got down. I think they're the lowest ranking this year was 14th or 15th, but then they, you know, they hit a hot streak and got back on form closing out the season. And so we we were, pretty confident for the last month of the season that we were hosting at least we were at least hosting a regional. So that was a little bit easier from like a, you know, from a, from a planning standpoint of like, okay, we know what, you know, we're going to want to airify a bunch of stuff. We're going to want to, you know, you know, poke some holes, make sure we can kind of relieve some, relieve some compaction heading into that. You know, we're going to want to put out some, put out some fur. We're going to, you know, we want to schedule our spray out a couple of days. So, you know, everything's popping when we're hitting game time, that kind of stuff. So like knowing that that was, you know, like the region, we knew when the regionals were going to be, that was easy. And then about four days or five days before um, <clears throat> the holiday weekend, we were like, Oh, you know, this is going to be great. Like, we, you know, we we'll get the three days for the holiday weekend, get everybody out of here, get the crew rested up before the craziness starts with regionals. And then Tennessee lost to Oregon State in softball, and we were hosting a super regional that we did not expect to be hosting that weekend. <laughs> and so it went from, oh, yeah, everyone's going to get to go to their Memorial Day barbecue to just kidding. We have, you know, we have national TV and we have, uh, you know, a couple extra softball games. So, um, you know, that takes your focus away from, from the other field for a little bit, but you know, I mean, you know, it was funny. Like everybody kept asking me, they're like, oh, you know, this is going to be really, really tough. I'm like, I'll be honest with you. Like I will take, I will take fun game. I will take high intense games. I will take crowds. I will take TV and crazy hours and long days over winter ball in, January, in, in November. Like, cause it's just practice. It's not that exciting. There's not a whole lot going on. You do, all you do is set the field up and then, you know, try not to get hit with batting practice balls. So you know, from that standpoint, like this is, you know, the last couple weeks have been awesome. It's been really, really cool to be able to kind of like, you know, like I said before, put your best foot forward, make sure your field looks good, but also, you know, see the teams play and watch them, you know, hopefully win. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, regional days are unlike anything else. Like you got, I mean, we had, we had two games a day. Um, we had, we had a one o'clock game and then we either had a six or seven o'clock game because they switched a couple of them, uh, throughout the weekend. Um, Going into that week, it was, you know, you kind of schedule. I always do like the, you know, when's our first game, when's our pra first practice or game. And then I just kind of like reverse engineer it. Okay. So I'm going to start, you know, nail dragon rolling it, nail dragon rolling the infield, you know, two days out, edging day out. Um, you know, we did, we did uh, a foliar spray app. I think it was like the Sunday before. So you give it a little bit of time to kind of like get moving, uh, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, like that's like the, that's the fun stuff. You're prepping for something big, you know, they're putting up banners and stuff around the stadium while you're mowing and getting stuff ready to go. So you're getting fired up and then, yeah, the game days, you know, you just kind of, you know, it's, I mean, one thing after another, like in the mornings you're meeting with the NC2A, the umpires, the umpires uh, are, are meeting and, 
um, you know, talking to me. I mean, the most random thing was we actually had rain in June, in June in California, which is, you know, I mean, we didn't have a lot, but it was enough to scare everybody, which was funny to me. Cause I'm like, in the rain, go to the South and enjoy. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it was, you know, pretty much nonstop there for a couple of days, but it was, you know, fun stuff to be around for sure. I mean, you know, the long days are long days, but you know, it's, it's, the, the thing that's funny about the, you know, and you know this as well as anybody, the baseball, the baseball day is kind of a weird day. because It's a long day, but it's fits and starts. You have, you know, 45 to an hour minute of 45 minutes to an hour of, of intense period of work. And then you have three or four hours where you're not really going to be on the field at all. Cause there's practice games or you know, there's batting practice or games going on. So it's all about just managing the, uh, managing the energy levels and, and keeping it moving kind of. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's just, yeah, I try to, I try to reverse engineer things as the week goes on, you know, just try to, you know, make sure that we're, you know, all this stuff happens and it leads right into, you know, you're finishing up doing your, your prep and preparation the day before. So there's no, there's no craziness going on on the first day of, you know, we got practice. Yeah, we got practice uh, Friday at one o'clock. Practice. All right. Yeah. And I remember like the, the time frames when you're working, it's like a blur, you know, <laughs> you, you get out there a little, like 45 minutes for a game, chalking, getting everything ready. And you're like, Oh, we're done. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, it's time to go sit down for five minutes and, and, and collect your thoughts. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a bunch of little sprints throughout the day that, you know, you just kind of have to manage the, uh, manage the energy levels and keep it moving. And, and yeah, I mean, that's the exciting stuff for me. I, I, I love being out there on the field and, you know, when there's people in the ballpark and you're smelling popcorn and people are getting excited about games and, and uh, you know, having all the teams in, in, you know, in and around the ballpark and the different, you know, uh, the different fan bases and stuff. It's, it's, it's a cool event. I mean, it's a really cool event and it's, it's definitely unique. I mean, you're not seeing that a whole lot anywhere else in baseball where you're going to have, you know, four different fan bases in the same place at the same time. Um, and chaos. four teams in the same place at the same time. <laughs> the chaos ensues, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just hope that there's not like arch rivals on three different sides of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, the thing was interesting for us was, you know, me and my boss were sitting there talking, you know, because you don't know who's going to get sent to your regional. Like you just, we just had a night. We knew we were going to be hosting a regional. We just didn't know who was going to be in it. And so all of a sudden you start hearing, you know, uh, you know, um, this lady, Jenny Claypool, she works at our, uh, for Stanford and she's the lady that kind of, she does all the, uh, she does the NC2A compliance stuff. And then she also is the one that like bids to get all these events to have the, to come to the to campus. And so, you know, she's pretty dialed in on, you know, okay, these might be the teams that coming. The, this is what I'm hearing. This is where the, this is where the committee's leaning. And so there was a, for a second there, there was a chance that we were going to end up getting like Ole Miss or LSU. And I was like, oh my God, that's going to be amazing. You know, just from a, from a, an atmosphere standpoint, like that's going to take this thing up a couple notches, you know? Um, it was still a lot of fun. We, you know, it was cool that we got another California team. We had UCSB was here and, and, you know, they showed up real well because, you know, they're a pretty good baseball school and, you know, they're relatively close to four hour drive from their campus to ours. So 
you know, they definitely, they definitely used up their ticket allotment. And then Texas state, you know, people were, you know, I think the only people that weren't surprised that they were that good was the people that follow them. And, you know, so there was plenty of Texas, Texas state people in town and they showed up and showed out. So it was a really, really cool thing to be able to, you know, have the whole thing, have the stands full and, and, and really see that place get cooking when, when the games, you know, kind of got down there towards the end. It was, so it was, it was really awesome. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to super regionals because if anything, it's just going to be more intense because we have a tendency to do, our team has a tendency to do everything the hard way. So it should be a <laughs> wild weekend. Don't you love that? Let's go into extra innings, make it fun, you know? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. And nothing yeah. ends are great. <laughs> yeah. How about, yeah. How about a, you know, a nice, easy two hour, 35, 40 minute game where nothing happens and, and we win comfortably? That would be fantastic. But be great, right? Yeah. <laughs> Groundskeeper, well, best friend. It's the second time in two, second time in two years that we've had to do the playoff game on Monday after they played six games over the weekend. So, really? Jeez. yeah, I mean, Amazing. you know, it's <laughs> they definitely you they like going the extra dramatic. game, guys. Come on, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, the, you know, a whole lot of we'll see you tomorrow night. And it's like, okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, those are always fun, right? I think that might have been yeah. my favorite part about college was the, like you were saying, the, the different groups coming in, meeting different people. And it was like consistently meeting new people, you know, uh, mm-hmm. obviously like different levels. There are certain people you can meet on the other side, but with colleges, it's always like, Hey, where can we go? Like for this, this, and this. And you're usually the guy that you're answering their questions, you know? Um, oh yeah. So that's, that's what I really enjoyed about it. Meeting like the coaching staff from other schools, meeting the players seeing what they're up to. Like, Oh, this place is amazing compared to our place. Like different things like that. So that's what I enjoyed about college athletics. And it wasn't just baseball, it was softball, soccer, football, all mm-hmm. the different things. So, um, Oh yeah. Really, really cool experience with that. Um, what do you have anything planned for the regional that, and probably plans not the right term for it. What are you doing to prep for this weekend? Um, any cool mowing patterns or anything like that? Um, I think we're probably going to stick with what we were doing. Um, you know, uh, we have these, the two of the two of the guys that helped me out mostly on the softball field and baseball field, uh, Doug and Daniel, they, uh, they have, they, you know, they really, really enjoy doing the mowing. They, they're all about <laughs> mowing and, 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 you know, God love them. I'd rather, you know, yeah, at this point, like I'm not a huge fan of having to walk mow the infield. So the <laughs> fact that they the fact that they love doing it is fine with me. Like, um, yes. So I kind of I kind of <laughs> let them I let them do what they want with the patterns and and you know they've been you know they've been pulling out some some dandies. Uh, they you know I think we'll probably continue to do the same pattern that we were doing before, which just you know I think we did some uh, we did some checker box in the in the infield and then did straightaways to the position areas in in the outfield and. You know, it looks classic. clean. It looks nice and classic. And yeah, it's kind of hard to it's it's hard to pass up. You know, it's it's a it's a good look. You gotta have one of those a season. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's you know, and it's it's the one they're the most comfortable with. They like the you know, it's you know, okay, we can buzz through this thing, we can get it moving, and we can move on to the next step of prepping the field. So yeah, you know, hey, as long as they're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, so I want to take a little shift. Obviously, again, we were talking about how you were the first person to hire a Brentsville turf management student. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that sort of experience like for, I mean, you had Bronco 
God bless you. <laughs> Did you hear he has a job now? He just got hired as assistant uh, superintendent. No kidding. Yeah. That's not, that is not surprising. Our I boy is growing it. up, Cody. It's creepy. I, know. I don't like I can't it. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Graduated and everything. Yeah, I can't, you know, hey, you know, it, the, the fact that he graduated and it seems like, he, you know, three weeks ago he was on the ground screw in Potomac, it's, that's freaky in itself. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like, I love the experience of that kind of stuff because for me that, like, so in my experiences in minor league baseball, like a lot of the guys you're going to get that, uh, that are going to be on your ground screw are, you know, I mean, it's usually – you know, high school kids or college kids that need a summer job, the level of attention to detail is usually not super high. Let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, it, as a as, as the person who's there and like, if this is your career and you want to put your best foot forward, it's, it, it can get frustrating because you have people that are just there to like, I'm just here to collect checks and, you know eat some popcorn and, and watch baseball for a little while and you know see if there's any, any you know people in the crowd i want to look at um so to get people that so to get you know for me it was awesome because you know you get all of a sudden you get you have a bunch of people on your grounds crew that are motivated to be there one two they want to learn and three they're like they were actively like trying to get better at what they were doing because they knew that, you know, it was important stuff that they, you know, that they wanted to, you know, that they wanted to take with them. So for me, it was awesome because, you know, they were raw at the beginning, but by the middle of the end of the season, you know, they knew how to do all this stuff. And, and where I was having to double check stuff in the beginning of the year and make sure that they were doing it right, or make sure that it was, you know, um, to the level that we needed it by the, you know, middle of the season, by the all-star break, you know, it was, it was getting to the point where it was like, okay, I can, I can trust these guys to go and do their thing. And I, you know, if I asked them, Hey, did you, how did the bullpen go? Oh, it went fine. Like we, we covered it up and watered it. I knew that if I took the tarp off the next day, I wasn't going to be greeted with some kind of, you know, terrible destroyed bullpen. So it was really nice to like, that was a really good experience for me because, you know, a, it was, you know, it was a good experience for me because, you know, you, you're, you know, I mean, I'm not a teacher, but I had to teach them how to do stuff and, and hope that they, you know, absorb some of the information I was trying to give them. And the fact that they were able to do that and then put it into practice pretty much right away was really, really cool. It was a great experience for me and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and it was one of those things like, you know, you feel like you're giving back a little bit. You feel like you're kind of, you know, think it's one of the things like in our industry like it's a like a lot of people you know the people in our industry like we're, we're doing this because we love doing what we're doing like if we were if we were doing it be for the soul you know because we we're like oh i'm gonna be a millionaire like you probably wouldn't be doing our job like let's be real um and so the idea that you're kind of you know helping to create the next the next generation of people that are going to be in the industry like that's a really cool responsibility in my like from my perspective I thought it was a really cool responsibility of you know making sure that you know we're going to be all right like this is going to continue to be a successful it, it's going to continue to be a successful industry but it also is going to be a a, a a respectable industry that people you know people continue to look at groundskeepers and go okay like that guy knows the field. And, you know, we have to respect the field because the groundskeepers around, you know, um, I think that that's a huge, I, I think it was a, for me, it was a, uh, something I took pretty seriously. Like I, I wanted to make sure like, you know, 
make sure to not scare these kids off. Make sure that you welcome them in and, and go, hey, the, you know, this can be a really, really fun job. If you do it right, you can have a hell of a time. Like this can be a lot of like this is it's a you know, I always tell people this every like I'm like, you know, I have bad days at work just like everybody else does. But at the end of the day, I go to work at a baseball field, so I can't be too pissed. You know, it's, it's one of those kind of deals. Like you kind of like you have your long days, you feel pretty burnt out sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, it's baseball, man. Like this is fun. It's supposed to be fun. So it was, it was kind of a cool thing for me to be able to, I just wanted to, you know, welcome them in, let make sure they realize like this can be a really cool outlet for you. This can be a really cool job to, and you know, can turn into a great career. And I can't thank you enough for all you did with them because you really did show them that uh, for I'm trying to think who else is on your crew. You had Bronco assistant superintendent, Braden Deslip, right? You had him the second year. Yep. He graduated mm-hmm. last year. He's going to the four-year program at Tech. Nice. Um, Jordan Ellis. He works for yep. Parks and Rec Department here in Prince William County. He has for the past five years, I think. Nice. Uh, who else was on that crew? Oh, God. A bunch of them. I can't remember all of them. Airfield, I think. Uh, yep. I don't know Sounds what he Justin. Uh, I can't remember who else worked there. I mean, it was a good group. You know, they were all, good kids, you, know, were. <laughs> you know, you know, it was, I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, like I said, it was a, it was a cool opportunity for me and it was, you know, something I thought was really, really, it was, you know, it was one of those things like I kept telling them, I'm like, you guys are lucky. Like if I didn't, if I did, if I had the extra five years of knowing what I wanted to do, like I'd have been, you know, it would have been a game changer for me. So the fact that they got a, they got a, a leg up on the competition and they're going into, you know, for, you know, for Bronco and the other guys that, that decided to stick with turf and go to school for it. Um, you know, that they're going in there with a leg up on the competition and, and, and they're going to have, you know, some serious experience that that can help them excel and so it's a really really cool opportunity for everything for for whoever wants to take the challenge absolutely couldn't agree with you more on that uh that's again that's what we aim for but we're all working towards here at brentsville you know it's actually uh my supervisor at our county level they're now tracking kids and where they're going and i sent him a list today he's like these are crazy numbers like all the different golf courses. Uh, hopefully, we, I have a kid down at Myrtle Beach. He's working for the Pelicans this summer. Nice. Like, with grandparents. We're still trying to get a hold of the uh, head groundskeeper. Well, we did, and now we're not. It, 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 we're hopefully having him on the, the game day staff for that. Um, but different things like that. I think moments like that, again, working for you. You know, Bronco was uh, someone who was interested in a couple different things, wasn't sure what he really wanted to do. But his time working with you, being able to work at Robert Trent Jones Golf Club, like seeing things for like, again, what's real in life, that changed his path, you know, for the future, for the better. And again, he's being successful again, coming out of college with a full time assistant superintendent gig is awesome, you know, so I can't thank you enough for all of that. Um with all that, what else have you been able to sort of accomplish in your time? Obviously, you're talking about the players. You had my kids, all these different things. Um, what have been some of the crazy experiences you've had over the years? Obviously, you've had, <laughs> I mean, conversion specialists at Memphis. 
the peanuts, the budget of $5 to maintain the single A stadium. Did you hear the stadium is st- uh, still there? Like the the county owns it. They moved to Fredericksburg, which is like down. Yeah, I know they moved to Fredericksburg. They got the new field down there. Um, I didn't know that they kept the field. Or, I didn't know they yeah, Fitzner is still standing. The crazy. The Fitz. That's shocking because it was barely standing when I was working there. So the fact that it's still there is impressive. Um, just yeah. Figured the wind had knocked it down at this point. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I you know I think one of the things that was needed. All right, we're good. I mean, for me, like, you know, crazy experiences, like, I mean, there's everything from, you know, trying to put tarps on a baseball field in the middle of a tropical storm. Um, (laughs) uh, One of the funniest experiences was, um, you know, early in my career, my first head job in in Augusta, um, my dad was like, you know, is this really going to be a thing that you can get, you know, paid to do? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know about this. Um, you're going to go watch baseball for a living. This is, this seems like a joke. Um, and so he decided to come down and be on the grounds crew for a, ho- for a homestand in Georgia, which was hilarious. Um, and so it was, you know, cause he wanted to get, he wanted to get a little bit of experience and, and see what my, you know, what my career was going to be like, uh, and so that was funny because, you know, it's the, literally the only time in my life I've ever been able to tell him what to do. Um, <laughs> it's so, that had to be a great day. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty fantastic. It was uh, fantastic, you know, but it was, you know, it was also like, you know, 95 degrees and 60% humidity. And so my mom's in the stands. She's like, if you kill your father, like this is going to be bad. You know, she's, you know, like. look good. It's going to be a yeah, story. <laughs> she's like what are you yeah what are you thinking don't let him do anything hard and i'm like well he's got to pull the tarp eventually like that's gonna be pretty tough that's a um, thing okay we have to do frequently <laughs> like i'm like it rains every day at four o'clock so i you know it's gonna happen um so there was that one i mean you know for me a lot of the fun stuff has been you know being able to be around i mean i mean another story from augusta was you know i grew up a giants fan was a giants fan died in the wool from, you know, the time I was five years old. Uh, my first baseball card I ever got was Will Clark's, uh, was a Will Clark card that I got out of a box of mother's cookies, um, when I was like seven or eight. And so like, I was like my hero. And then my first head groundskeeping job, I'm working for the San Francisco giants organization. And, um, like a month into the season, all of a sudden Will Clark's there. Cause he's a roving coach for the giants. And I was like, just, I mean, I'm not usually a big starstruck guy, but you know, the guy, I mean, he's your favorite, I'm my favorite baseball all player time, of all yeah. time. And all of a sudden he's standing in front of me in the dugout and he's like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the groundskeeper. And he's like, that's awesome, man. And he like puts his arm around me. He's like, we're going to, we're going to be buddies this week. And I was like, you could shoot me now. Like this is, I could die a happy man. Like <laughs> this is the, I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. Yeah. We and are so, fine. We're going to be buddies this week. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I got to watch, I got to, you know, set up the field and then sit in the dugout and listen to Will Clark tell baseball stories every day for a week. And I was like, I don't think it gets better than this. You know, yeah. like this, you know, this is pretty much about, this is, this is top shelf as far as like top 10 moments of your life. Um, you know, and so, you know, for me, like, that's the kind of stuff that like is really, those are the, the interactions with, with 
with players, whether they be, you know, kids that just got drafted or the guys I'm working with now who are in college or like those stories, like being there last week, you know, when you have the craziest, one of the craziest walk-offs in regionals history, you know, I'm, we're, I'm sitting in the bullpen with our strength coach and our, and our pitching coach. And they're both like jumping around, hugging people. Everyone's freaking out. You know, like those are the moments you're going to, like, I will remember forever. Like, you know, was I on the, uh, was I on the field? No, but you know, my field was part of it. I got to set that field up like, and, and it happened and I got to watch it from the bullpen. Like there's a lot of people that don't get to have those experiences in their lives. And so like, I feel incredibly lucky to be able to, you know, do something I love, but also that leads to great experiences is like that, you know, just not a lot of people get, I mean, you know, and then there's always, you know, I think, I've been lucky enough to have been to, you know, we've had a couple of being on a, being a groundskeeper for a couple of teams that, you know, won divisions and stuff like that. And, you know, nothing, there is no shower better than a champagne shower. You know, it just never gets old. That's the fun stuff, man. It's those are the cool unintended consequences of, of doing this job. You get to, you get to be included in some things that most people in their daily lives will never have a chance to do no matter what they do. I mean, it's just a thing. I mean, you know, one day you get to meet the hammer of God. Uh, the next day you get to, you know, you get to the, it's your next job. You get to meet Lionel Messi because his, the Argentina team is practicing at your ball at, at your, uh, the sports park, you know, it's, you just never know, who you're going to cross paths with. You never know. Um, you never know what you're, what you're in for. I mean, when I was working well, while I was in Potomac, I was working for Brightview sports turf. And so the season was the season. And then in the off season, they were standards of practices for field safety for major league baseball. This is the same company that built uh, the Dyersville project uh, where they did the field of dreams classic this year. Um, and they maintain a bunch of fields. Um, and so in, during the off season, they sent me all over the place. I, I think one off season, I went to, uh, I went to Canada for junior, junior championships. And, and I was running a grounds crew of 50 year old men who played adult league baseball most of the year. And they just lived in Thunder Bay where the, where the, you know, uh, where the tournament was happening. And, and so all of a sudden that was my grounds crew. They sent me up to Thunder Bay. I didn't know anybody. And it was just like, here's your field. These are your guys help them figure this out for the week. Um, that was a crazy experience. Um, you know, it's always weird to be working on a bullpen, look up and see a legit wolf in the Canadian wilderness that's around your ball, the ballpark you're working at. That was kind of scary, but also really, really cool. Um, and then own flinch. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I was like, Oh dude, this is, this is going to uh, like, where's Liam Neeson when you need him. Hey, this, you know? is moment. Um, this is the moment. That's all going yeah. It's like, Oh my God. And then, you know, and then what was it? I think it was like two months later in the middle of January, they sent me to Nicaragua to build pitchers mounds and bullpen mounds, uh, at the national sporting Academy in, in Manawa, uh, in Nicaragua. Um, which was, it was another insane, just, you know, I called it groundskeeping without borders. You know, it was, it was a really, really cool experience to go down there and, and, you know, be able to uh, be able to do something that people really, really appreciate. I mean, when we left, we literally had, they literally had a ceremony for us and 
they were like, they gave us flowers and stuff. And like, people were like crying. They were like so excited about it. And I was like, all I did was build a pitcher's mound, people. Like, it was not that hard. Like, I don't Powers know. Flowers were not but, necessary, people. <laughs> but, you know, they appreciated everything we did for them so much that it was that that was how they, you know, they felt very, very strongly about it. And, and so it was, you know, those are kind of the, like having those opportunities are not things that you think about when you're like, yeah, I want to be a baseball groundskeeper. Like you never know where it's going to take you, but it's always like, if you're up for the adventure, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely ways that you can kind of, your skills can take you all over the place. And so it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. Like those are, those are some of the cooler things I've been able to do. And, and, you know, it, I, I think the other thing that's been a little, really, really cool is like, um, because our industry is, is a relatively small one. Um, and it's, a re- you know, obviously a very specialized one, you know, the ability to connect with people, you know, yourself, um, other groundskeepers throughout the world who do different sports and, and do different events, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, you can, you know, because we're turf guys, like you can, you can, you know how you can find, you know, the guy who takes care of the courts at Wimbledon, you know, you can, you can talk to one of the, one of my earliest influences was, uh, a guy who used to work, uh, as the groundsman for Newcastle United over in, in Great Britain. And so it's you, it, because of the the nature of the industry, everybody wants to give you help and hand if they can, everybody is willing to, you know, share some, share some industry secrets and share the knowledge because, you know, they all know that like the, you know, the, the, a rising tide lifts all ships. Like we all, you know, we're all fighting the same battle. So any way we can help each other out, it's, a, you know, we're all willing to do it. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of sets our industry apart. It's very competitive because there's only so many of these jobs around, but you know, when you're in the industry, people genuinely, I feel, you know, they genuinely want to help, you know, everybody wants to make sure that you're having the best experience you can. And, and, and if you have something that you're facing that you don't, you, you either don't understand or you need help with, like you're, you're usually only a phone call away from somebody who's willing to give you the time to, uh, go through things with you and, and try to help you find a solution. I couldn't agree with you more on that. I mean, I especially have seen that through this podcast, you know, with the amount of people we've talked to and I mean, the, the, the overall like spread of turf grass managers across the world is insane, you know, mm-hmm. um, which again, that's, your your stories are like incredible where you've been what you've done it'll take you anywhere you want in this world you know and that's what i it's one of the big sellers that i have in my class i'm like guys like you can do anything you can go anywhere you want to go for this because guess what there is grass everywhere even the deserts there are grasses like people love soccer in the desert over anywhere you know like whether it's in nevada or whether it's in Africa, you know, there are fields, there are golf courses, there is something in some locale where you want to go and you can go there. And if it's a certain level of living that you need to have, all the professional sporting venues are great opportunities, all the different cities you can work in. Or if you want to live on top of a mountaintop in Asia, like working for a small golf course, you can, you know, and have a, a happy life with that. So, it's incredible to hear all the different places you've been and the different stories. Uh, and I, I love, cause I actually, I don't think anybody's ever really brought it up. What you could have at like any given moment. Like you don't know 
what's going to happen the next day when you're on a ground screw or whether you're on a field golf course, like, um, another Bronco story. <laughs> he, he's working at RTJ and he's, he texts me. He's like, Obama's here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to tell me that. He's like, but he's right on the green right next to me. I'm like, did you get your background check put in or something? Like, <laughs> so it's, it's things like that. Like, incredible moments that you don't think about like occurring, you know, like working the world series. Like it wasn't like I was on the field all the time or anything, but like seeing the people that were there, uh, the stories, uh, another, uh, Ryan, it was more Matt and bill. Uh, I think it was like championship series. And again, we have all this television there. Everything's all over the place. And, they have the Ohio State Penn State game on in the, the the hole where we keep all the drags and everything. What's the score? What's going on? <laughs> like, guys, you know, there's like a really big game going on outside, right? They're like, no, nah, I don't care. We got this, you know. Like, yeah, uh, it's just the camaraderie in this industry is unparalleled to anything. You know, it's incredible. Oh, it's- and you hit it right on the head. You're just a phone call away. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to have that in this industry, especially when we're trying to grow it, you know, people like Mm -hmm. the kids that were on your crew, people, I mean, even the little things like with the team, having the opportunity to learn how to maintain the mound, take that into say a minor league career. And then eventually maybe like, it doesn't work out, but I want to stay in baseball. You've shown them a way like that. Most people really don't think about. So, um, again, it's just awesome to hear, um, I'm keeping you really long and I apologize. <laughs> no worries, dude. Um, but where did you meet Messi? by the way? I didn't know that. Yeah, no. So he was, uh, we did the one year that they let the United States play in Copa America. They, we had, uh, we had, they had international practices in Houston. Um, and so they used our sports park. Uh, we had Mexico, Jamaica, uh, Argentina, and somebody else, Canada? No, not Canada. Mexico, Argentina, somebody else. Oh, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, so it was pretty funny because it was the it was pretty funny because I you know JJ uh, Watt showed up that day because he wanted to meet Messi, and so it was you pretty weird fangirling. And you're like, you're JJ. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it was pretty weird to like meet a human that's like I mean you know Messi's a little dude, and then like you meet JJ Watt with 30 seconds later, and you're like, I don't understand how you guys are the same species, um, <laughs> same pedigree in your own. Yeah, and, like sports. just you know just freak na- freaks of nature that you know yeah, but I mean so yeah, that's the thing that I always tell people like you know, that's part of the fun is, you know, no day, no two days are the same. Like, yeah, you might do the same process. You you repeat the same processes over and over and over again to prepare your field and, and to take care of your field. But you're also going to run into, you know, everything from, you know, wildlife to, you know, random people showing up for an event to any number of things, really. I mean, we have like at Stanford right now, we have this hawk that lives in the, uh, that lives in one of the light towers. And last night, or what was it last weekend during the game, it flew out of the light tower and snatched a squirrel in front of everybody. And then like took it up onto the, and it landed on top of the, the net behind home plate and was just Mm -hmm. like eating the squirrel. And everyone's like, people were freaking out. Like I was, and like, Save the squirrel. Our, the compliance lady was like, the compliance lady's like, 
can you guys do something about it? I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, you want me to touch the hawk that's eating its dinner? No, I'm not going to do like, that. Sorry. I was like, that's like, this is National Geographic at work here. Like, I can't tell you, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing with that thing, man. It's like, got a lot more you stuff. You can't be mad at the hawk for wanting dinner and the show, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the hawk's doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. It's just he didn't have to pay for the concessions. You <laughs> know, your yours went through a process where you didn't have to bite the head off the pig. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. It, it's like you just never know what you're gonna yeah you never know what you're gonna find i mean it's you know and i i that's one of the things i love about it is you know yeah like you like i said you might be doing the same processes over and over and again but you know depending on what day it is and depending on what the weather is doing depending on who's at the ball field depending on any number of variables like you're gonna have a wildly different day you know today than you are gonna have next wednesday <laughs> you know, no two days are the no two days are exactly the same, you know, so it's it's your ability to uh, I think a lot of it, you know, for me, especially like one of the things I was one of the reasons why I was I was so keen on moving around and, and seeing so many different places and 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 working so many different places was like you want to be able to have the experience to to be able to at least if not you've ex- you, you're never going to have the experience of experiencing everything. But you at least have the ability to adjust on the fly and handle stuff. You know, you don't, you're not going to be, you don't want to be surprised and shaken by something. You want to be able to go, okay, like this happened. I got to go do this, 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 and this, like how to, how to, you know, process the situation and, and, and make a move, you know? And I think that that's one of the things that I loved about it, about my experience was just, you know, yeah, you get a little bit of, you get, you learn a little bit about a bunch of different things and that helps you get through each day. Nah, it's funny. We had a faculty meeting at school today and we do these like professional developments where we're trying to think of new and creative ways like in the classroom. I think turf in a, in a, in a sense is probably like one of the greatest ways to educate students on what it takes to actually live in the world. You know, um, and I'm not saying my classroom or anything like that. I'm saying like like you're saying, critical thinking, understanding problem solving, seeing that things happen for a reason, understanding how to prevent it moving forward, just being able to put the things that education is trying to teach in a in a regular classroom in perspective in the sense of maybe they do this or maybe they don't, but they've had the experience of, okay, this is how I can take preventative measures in a certain way, whether it's a different industry, different job or something like that. So I couldn't agree with you more on all that, you know, because uh especially in college that's what i what i noticed about like again going from high school college mlb nfl the biggest area in which something can occur differently is college athletics because you have everything but there are so many different needs to to be met by different coaches different groups different uh, facilities people hey i need this hey i need that like we need to make sure we have this painted on the sideline make sure uh, we're getting everything prepped, you know, like college athletics, there's such a, uh, high end of being on point for certain people. And I think the funniest thing that I experienced is like, it was different for every sport, you know, whether that was the coach's standard, whether that was the administrator's standard, whether that was the athletic director standard, you know, um, I had a really good relationship with, uh, his name is John Boleyn. He was the athletic director f- for Frank Beamer when he was the football coach at Tech. So, like, they were together for those 28 years that they were coaching when he was coaching. 
Um, and he went over to baseball when Frank retired. And again, I just had a really good relationship with him and how he expected things. And he always knew he could rely on me as a student, which is kind of crazy to have again, someone of that pedigree, um, doing things for him. It's just, it was awesome to have those experiences and having something new each and every day. I think the funniest thing I ever had to do for him, he wanted me to take the new athletic director of like a month and the, these new donors, they renamed the stadium after their bank. And he wanted me to drive them during batting practice onto the field without getting hit. I'm like, Hmm, how's this going to go? So coming in from right field, I'm like driving and dodging. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And the coach is like, what are you doing? I was like, well, your boss told me to drive this boss out here. So <laughs> yeah, was it was like, this isn't going to end well for me. Either way, so we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> no one got hit. I will say that. Yeah. I did finish the there job. There you go. <laughs> got it done right. right yeah. I, like, Oh man. Yeah. That's the thing. It's always interesting is, is it's, it's, you never know what fly is going to get thrown in the ointment. Um, I had the same, I had a similar experience when I was in Memphis. We had a, uh, NBC had started shooting a, a show about civil lawyers in Memphis. And so I, you know, I think the show only ran for like a season, but um, it happened the season that I was there. So awesome. Um, and so one day, all of a sudden there's just like, so one day we were having early work batting practice. And all of a sudden there's just like this dude walking around in center field with an umbrella. And I'm like, what is happening? So I run out there and I'm like, sir, like, what are you doing? Like, where did you come from? Why are you wandering around the outfield? And he's like, oh, I'm from NBC. I'm scouting because we're going to shoot our show here. And I was like, okay. Like, I'm like, I'm going to have to ask you to like, get off the field because I don't want you to get hit by a baseball. And he's like, well, I'll be able to move if they're coming. And like, mind you, this guy looked like he was probably 65. And I was like, I think like, I'm not with that. I'm like, sir, (laughs) like high rate of speed here. Like it might not be a thing that you see coming. Like, I'm just like, just like walk with me over please. here to the side, you know, just please right, like just, right <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to watch you get hit in the face with a baseball. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I love that kind of like, you just, yeah, like you said, you know, it's, you know, sometimes people have the best of intentions, but the worst ideas about doing things at an, uh, an awkward time. And it's like, yeah, there's some stuff out here that can hurt you if you're not paying attention to everybody. But, you know, it's always interesting for sure. I, I think the funniest experiences is when somebody who is not in the realm of either like the athletic department or turf or whatever, and they just walk into it like, I know what I'm doing. It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. And you're just like, who are you and what do you mean you know what you're doing? Because I'm not even trying to tell you to do anything specific. I'm just trying to tell you there's danger in this area at this time. <laughs> exactly. So it's always interesting. It makes for funny stories. I will say that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> never uh, a dull moment. Never, never, ever, honestly. Whether it's equipment, whether it's the field, irrigation, diseases, all the different things. Never really going to stop on us is it Mm-mm. no um, but i mean i think that that that's the fun part for me it's like i i also think it's like i think that one of the most important things i learned was you know one of the things from ryan you know one of the things i remember one of the things he told me like before i left new york to move down to, to augusta he was like you know there's going to be days when you don't think you're doing anything right 
And there's going to be days when everything goes sideways on you. You're going to have the best of intentions, but nothing's going to work. And you're going to be really overwhelmed. He goes, I just want you to know that it happens to everybody. And it's, you're going to be fine. Like, just get through it. Just like step by step, just get through it. And like, that's one of the things I've come back to so many times in the rest of my, like throughout my career is just like, you know, nobody's perfect all the time. You're going to make mistakes, but it's like, as long as you don't repeat them, you know, you figure out a way to make the process work for you. You figure out a way to, you know, make sure the bad days are few and far between, but you know, yeah, as long as you're kind of, you know, using your experiences the right way, you can, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a valuable thing to be able to get out there and just do it. Yeah, for sure. And it's great advice from Ryan. Uh, I mean, he always had moments like that where you're like, wow, that's he's really housekeeping like, Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure he knows, right? <laughs> Ryan Woodley, the Yoda of groundskeeping. <laughs> um, with all that, um, I did have a quick question. What do you, what uh, Bermuda are you managing out there? Obviously, you're in that transition um, zone like you were over here. Um, yeah. We have on. You're a Patriot of the Peanuts, by the way. Bermuda? Uh yeah, it was Patriot at okay, uh Fitz. Know. Yeah, it was Patriot the Fitz. Um we had uh on our let's see, it's uh we have Bandera on both the softball and baseball fields. How are how Bandera are on this you know? You know, it's you know, it's one of the things like if, if I was gonna resod the field, I wouldn't do it with Bandera. Yeah. Um you know it's it, the problem that we have with it is um, the the people that me and my boss took over for weren't the most, I mean, I don't know the best way to put it. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, negligence as far as field as the field went. So like uh, when I first took over the two guys I work with, Doug and Daniel, they literally told me they mowed the field at the same direction, same pattern every day for like 12 years. Gotta love that. And so we're that. still dealing with, there's still plenty of places on the field where you can kind of like, just, you just run your hands on the, uh, the against the grain of the grass <laughs> and the whole thing just like lifts up like a bad toupee. <laughs> um, and so like, it's that kind of stuff where it's like, uh, those are the parts of the, the, those are the issues that we're having with the bandera. Like what we've been trying to do just to counteract is just, you know, changing up, directions of verticutting throughout the season out of it probably <laughs> yeah verticutting it uni raking it um doing whatever we can to kind of just like get it kind of growing to growing against its uh against the grain a little bit and just trying to you know like move it back and then shave it off so it just starts yeah. to grow gotcha. vertically again that kind of stuff those are the only real issues i mean it's good grass you know, the, our, one of our main issues is the fact that everything on campus is surrounded by trees and with trees come <laughs> good for Bermuda. <laughs> they gotta love this. Yeah. I'm, issues. Yeah. And like the, you know, the shade issues are, we have a couple of shade issues, like our back arc on our softball field is, I mean, it's t like almost impossible to grow Bermuda back there. And so we actually just got, we just got clearance from the softball coach. She was like, whatever we need to do, if we need to cut some trees down or we need to like, we need to lift up the canopy on the trees, like do whatever you need to do. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, she's like, I'd rather have good grass back there than deal with these shade issues. And I'm like, awesome. The only other, the other issue we run into with that is, you know, there's squirrels and all sorts of wildlife and, and, you know, 
acorns and all sorts of crap that fall on the field. And then, you know, our, one of our big things is you, we have a lot of contamination of POA getting into the Bermuda. And so we have a little bit of like a marbled look for most of the year because it's, you know, that transition zone, like this is the best time of the year for us. Like we love it because it's the, it's when the, that POA can't handle the heat anymore. Dying off and everything. And, and it's like me and my boss joke all the time. We're like the, the fields look their best three weeks after sports end for the year. When you're leaving, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, just in, just in time for kids camps on the baseball field, it's like in prime perfect condition. It's like, okay, great. You know, Um, know, but like, that's, that's the lot in life. But yeah, I mean, those are the kind of like the contamination issues, the thing we battle, you know, we've been doing, we've been spraying revolver and some stuff and some other stuff to try to, to try to like get rid of as much of we as much as we can during the growing season so that we can avoid having so much contamination come the winter. Um, those are the big turf issues we really face. Um, not too much disease pressure just because it's so dry out here. Um, not a whole lot of humidity. Um, back over here in DC, right? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember there was, there was years where I was like, I, you know, we put the tarp down and we were like, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're getting close to transitioning anyway, because you know, this disease is going to take out the, it's going to take out my winter ride, but like, you're like, okay, at least I don't have to, <laughs> at, least I don't have to waste, yeah, at least I don't have to waste money on the product that the disease is going to do the job for me on the ride <laughs> and then just let that Bermuda push through. But absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the, the, the big, those are the, the big turf issue for us has just been, I mean, a lot of the fields haven't been like our, soccer field in, in Kagan hasn't been resotted. And I think they said the last time they did it was like 1995. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. Um, I was born in 1995. <laughs> there you go. And so, you know, it's one of those kind of deals where you're going, okay, like those are the, the, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all about just trying to like, we're trying to, you know, make sure that we're, you know uh, yeah, it's it battling contamination back and forth. And, and for us, me and my boss, it's just been reintroducing these, these agronomic practices that just had, had been kind of put on the back burner for a while. Like the people that were here before us, you know, their solution, everything was just like throw some, some, some rye seed in the hole and like, hopefully it take hopefully it's fine. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily like, you know, it was just negligence through not really knowing what they were doing. They got thrown in, in charge of these fields and they did the best they could, but they didn't have the institutional knowledge to like, to know what they were doing. I mean, hearing some of the stories from the guys in our crew now, I'm like, Oh my God, this is insane. But it also explains a lot as to where the fields were and where they're, you know, why it's been such a project to kind of get them pointed in the right direction. But I think, you know, through, you know, hard work and, and, and reintroducing a bunch of like, you know, a bunch of these processes, whether it's, you know, bringing the uni rake in onto campus or, or, you know, verticutting and, and, you know, consistently airifying, you know, top dressing, all that kind of stuff. Like that was, those were foreign concepts. And, and, and to be honest with you, that one of the big things with our baseball coach was he had seen those processes go horribly awry and seen, people messing up the irrigation system because they're poking holes in it and, you know, using the verticutter and like turning too swiftly and just grinding everything up. And so initially, like when we first started reintroducing this stuff, like I literally had a conversation with the baseball coach where he was like, I don't like when you guys do this stuff because every time you do it, it, something bad happens. And I'm like, 
There's that was the old guy. <laughs> you know, those were the, that was then we know what we're doing. It's going to be okay. And I think because we've been able to perform that stuff at a higher level, like we're raising that credibility again with the ground screwed. So the coaches are starting to kind of, now they're trusting us more and they're, they're, they're willing to be more uh, cooperative and they're willing to be a part of the process as opposed to initially when we were first here and they were like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't care. Like, we're not going to listen to you. Cause I like the last people that were doing your job were insane. And so it was one of those things where it was really, really interesting for us where it was like, okay, you know, we have to, we have to make sure that when we do these things, we are on point. There's no mistake. This is the stuff we need to make sure we do put our best foot forward and, and be able to, you know, regain that credibility with the coaches tonight. And now, you know, to a man and woman, like all these coaching staffs work with us and they're way more collaborative. They're way more interested in hearing our ideas. Um, you know, and, and, you know, luckily, you know, it, it, we've been able to perform these things at a high level and, and, and increase their, increase their willingness to like, let us be a part of things. I mean, one of the, you know, initially the softball coach was, you know, she was a lot like the baseball coach. She was just like very curious, very, very concerned about anything really going on in the field. Cause she was just like, I don't want, you know, I want this thing to look good while we're playing on it. And it's like, you know, that's a, rational thing like that's you should, yeah <laughs> like you that should be a concern you know great um and so i mean i remember like one of the first things that really kind of you know turned her like at least got her thinking like okay like this is going to be all right we can work with this person was towards the end of last year we had senior day for softball and prior to me being there they had they had these big stencils for senior day and, and they were just, the, they would, they would stencil the numbers of the girls that were graduating along the back arc of the infield. And I was like, that just looks like a phone number. Like, it just <laughs> looks like a bunch of numbers. Like, and, and I was like, and, and, and from my perspective, I was like, you know, our, our stadium's not that big. Like the people can't really see those numbers from the stands. Like all those people are in town to see their, their person graduate, you know, have their senior day moment. And like, it's great that you're putting the numbers out there, but no one can see them very well from the stands. And I was like, so I, and, and I, and personally, I was like, I don't really would, you know, I don't think it's a great idea to just be aerosol spraying numbers on the field because, you know, it's not great for the grass. And so I came up with the idea of just like, can we use the stencils, but put them around home plate? And, you know, so everyone can see them. Everybody can see their, you know, their seniors number, it becomes a little bit more of a centerpiece. It's, you know, we could put the logo in next to it and she was kind of hesitant about it, but she was like, I'm willing to let you try it. Like, we'll see what happens. And, you know, all the seniors families loved it. The, the visiting coaches were over there taking photos of it so they could take it back to their campus. And so it was one of those things where she was like, okay, like we had a collaborative conversation. We bounced some ideas off each other that we, we came to a, a, a good compromise and it ended up being a thing that now, like this year, she was excited about, hey, we're going to put those numbers on the on the dirt again, right? Like, this is going to be a thing. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, looking forward to it. Just let me know what numbers I got to put in, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. So I think just doing that kind of stuff, like, it's been a huge thing, just being able to kind of get people more comfortable with letting us, letting us do the best, do what's best for the turf again. And, and, and making sure that they feel comfortable with us, you know, 
operating and doing the doing what we know is best for the turf and 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 you know them sticking with us when you know yeah like we're gonna beat it up it's not gonna look great but we also know that we don't have a game for six days and in six days it's gonna look fine it'll look perfect you know it's <laughs> all that kind of stuff like yeah 100 percent. has there ever been any discussion of not residing but maybe like a springing type of thing uh with a different variety maybe a little bit more tuned towards the transition zone um yeah well i mean you know the big the big thing for us is you know um it's all about what we can get you know people to pay for so i mean we we've Mm. come up with you know our big thing is our big thing is just making sure that um <clears throat> when the coaches like when the coaches are comfortable with letting us know that they're they're you know that they're open to the idea like our our biggest thing is just making sure we put the numbers in front of them here's yeah. our idea 100%. this is what we want this is what's gonna this is what we think is gonna be good we uh, a couple of years ago we resided the soccer and lacrosse practice field um <clears throat> and we put i think it was we have to home out there now um and it's awesome and i think that went a long way we oversaw the project and and you know, now that practice fields, you know, I mean, you could, you know, it's bulletproof. That thing takes wear and tear like a champ and just keeps on coming. Um, and so, yeah, you know, all that stuff kind of goes into making people feel more comfortable about letting us execute big projects like that. And and now we're talking about being able to uh, resod baseball infield and, you know, get it kind of, you know, get everything recentered and, 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 and done properly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of those big projects that we're trying to get pushed through right now and hopefully they get, they get green lit so we can kind of continue to evolve as a, as a turf department. Working down the path, down the path of riding the ship for sure. Yep. Um, so we wrap up each episode cause I'm always curious to sort of hear what your guys thoughts are on sort of these two questions. Uh, the first one uh, and again, you've done so much in your career and you've met so many different people and had all these different experiences. If there was one thing, and it's not to make anything better, easier or whatnot, if there was one thing you wish you knew going into the industry, what would that one thing be and why? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, one thing I knew and why. I'll be honest, like, so I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, um, I don't know, like, this is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I, one of the big, I'm, one I'm of the big question. things for me, no, you're good. One of the big things for me was, you know, um, it's an old John Wooden quote, be quick, but don't hurry. Um, being able to slow myself down and really focus on what I'm doing, but also being able to execute what I'm doing in a timely manner uh, is, is a huge deal. Cause I mean, like we've talked, we've covered earlier in the conversation, like you're running on a pretty concise schedule for most of the year. And so your ability to execute projects and keep a, keep a calm head, uh, is a huge deal. Um, and being able to, and, 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 you know, be quick, but don't hurry means, you know, be able to do things on a, in a, in a timely pace at a timely pace, but also, don't hurry so much that you're going to make dumb mistakes. Be able to be able to calm yourself down, focus on what you're doing, execute what you're doing, and then move on to the next step. Um, 
that was a huge that i mean early i I was just trying to get everything done immediately and it was just like i was worried about every deadline and so it was for me it was i made plenty of mistakes my first year yeah and my you know my first year in augusta just because you know you're just breaking stuff because you're trying to just go hell for leather and get stuff done it's like no like you're gonna get done with things faster because you're not gonna end up having to fix three things if you're because you've been rushing around doing dumb stuff so that was a big thing for me um and yeah i think the other thing was just i you know if yeah i mean i'll be honest with you one of the like, like i said before like just with you know i always will i always am looking back on man i wish i would have found this sooner you yeah. know that was like my big thing is just oh like i got started i you know i like i said i went back to school i think my first job was my first job would have been what 2012 2013 my first head job in augusta and i was 25 26 so i mean you know relatively late i mean you know i you know i was I it would have loved to just gone, oh, a turf program is a thing for me. I'm going to do that right out of high school. I'm going to go straight and do that thing. Because, like, I've loved every moment. Of, like, I've really enjoyed my journey so far. And, like, just knowing that they could have died, could have been started earlier, it would, you know, that would have been a game changer for me. But, you know, I, you know, as saying that, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't change anything about what I've been able to do so, so far. Absolutely. Couldn't. Uh, again, everything you've accomplished is unbelievable, and getting to this point where again you're back home and everything—that's got to be awesome. It's it's always good to hear the the story of an incredible adventure coming back, sort of to your roots. You know, um, mm-hmm. the last question we always ask, and you, th- I'm excited for this one because you've actually mentored my kids. You know, my kid, and seeing what you've done <laughs> with them and everything. Uh, we're we're like two days away from graduation here. Uh, I got a bunch of kids doing a bunch of different things, uh, a lot in turf, a lot not in turf. Uh, what would be your best words of advice for them taking that next step in their lives, you know, finding their passion and going, moving forward uh, to this next stage of their lives? Hmm. I would say you can't be afraid to screw up. Everybody does it. The whole key is learning from it. There, you're never going to do everything perfect the first time. So the expect have trying to have that expectation is unrealistic. Get in there, get messy. Don't be afraid to take some chances. Um, I one of the best things I like. If you'd have told me when I was 21 that I would move out of California and live in a bunch of random places and do what I'm doing, I would have thought you were insane. There is no way I would have done it. Um, but you know, taking the leap, moving to New Jersey for school and then moving to New York and Georgia and Texas and Tennessee and Virginia, and then back here, it's, you know, you got to get messy, you know, don't be afraid to take some chances, man. Like enjoy that adventure, uh, because you know, that's, what's going to make you who you become. It's going to help you along your path. It's going to help you find that thing that you love doing. And when you find the thing you love doing, you know, it makes every day easier when you enjoy going to work every day, when you enjoy, you know, whether it's inside, whether, like you said, whether it's in turf or whether it's not, if you find a passion, you find something you love doing, it makes every, it makes, you know, it makes the tough days easier. Um, and yeah, so I would just say, you know, don't be afraid to take some chances, get out there, take a swing and, and, and don't be afraid to get messy, but also, you know, when things don't go perfect, just make sure you learn from them and don't make the same mistake twice. 
I still need to work on not making the same mistake twice. I do that quite often. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I said with the little stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't killed any fields or anything, so we've got that going. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Right on. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Sorry that it went so long. Uh, it was just no worries, man. talking to you, man. I hope you, you're doing well out there. Uh, if I'm ever in the area, I'll definitely come and see everything you got going over there. Um, and again, for everything you've done with my kids, I can't thank you enough. I know they loved it. Oh, dude, it was my pleasure. I was glad to, I was glad to be on the ground floor on that one. It's, uh, it's something that, that I am, you know, it, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I'm, you know, I definitely didn't have any, any, anywhere near as much of an impact on those kids as you do. But I, you know, I definitely like, I take a little bit of pride in the fact that I was able to help you at least get that thing off the ground and get it moving in the right direction. I think it was a, it was a cool thing for me to be a part of. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud as hell when I see, you know, all the stuff that you, when, you know, you're posting stuff about your kids, you know, and what they've accomplished. Like I, it's, it's awesome, man. It's cool to see. And it's, uh, it's good stuff that you're doing. So, you know, keep that up. We're, we're trying, and, you know, and also, you know, eventually at some point I'm going to get back out there and you, me and Will go, you know, tip a couple back and tell some stories. Yeah, for sure. Will's up in New Jersey now. Did you hear about that? I know. I'm it's like, nuts. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's being Will. I don't oh, know. There's no other explanation for that. No, one. there's not. There really isn't. I love that guy. Uh, it's been a while since I talked to him. Actually, I probably should call him. It'd be like, why are you calling Cody and not me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna send him the link to this and be like Dude, you, do you missed out on a good conversation yeah. i don't know what the hell let's see let's see how he responds to it you know <laughs> nice well, again i want to thank you for taking the time today uh and no worries of luck with the super regional thank you sir i appreciate it thanks for having me on